Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 551 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. Joe and Todd here. Todd, hello. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Hello back to you, as you said. Thank you very much. I take your hello and I embrace it in the way that you've intended it. Yes. Sternly, but fairly. Yes. I uh, think that we uh, have made this joke before, but I think we could very easily uh, turn the show into one of those NPR-style podcasts. Mm Mm-hmm. Where it's a lot of quiet talking and very thoughtful humor. Oh. Where someone says a joke and no one laughs about it. They just thoughtfully uh, respect the joke. Right. Acknowledge it and move on. I think we could definitely do an NPR show. That would be wonderful. Right. Yes. So we actually have a comic book show to do. <laughs> not an NPR comic book show. Uh, follow up. On a story from a couple weeks ago, into maybe the real reason the Predator comic book got delayed at Marvel. Mm -hmm. And Todd, I will have you know uh, that everything is going fine in the Legends of Tomorrow set. Yes, it is. The wigs are perfect. Mm -hmm. And the tiny hats. Well, we'll get to the tiny hats. Right. Uh, and in a return and a return of the Rob watch in a way that only the Rob can the return. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we also have, uh, digital books and sales. We have what we read from this past week, which was Batman, the detective number one, Joker number two and guardians of the galaxy. Number 13. Uh, we also have Todd and Joe have issues. As uh, we continue down the dusty trail of Jonah Hex and the <laughs> Spider Clone Saga. Uh, we have Todd's Art Attack, as I know there was a few. Uh, at least one from you I saw. Yes. And a uh, spoiler-filled discussion of both The Flash and the penultimate episode of Falcon Winter Soldier. And I just kind of need uh, clarifying up front here. I think last week... We said that um, there was like a week or two break in between Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Loki starting up. I think there's a one week. Like there's No, there's not actually. So there's... I double-checked this because I'm like, do I have it wrong in my notes? Did they change it or something like that? And I had a couple people reach out to me to correct me. Loki doesn't start until June 11th. Really? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. I thought... So did I, because when when we said it last week, I'm like, yeah, that's correct. And then I had a couple people, it's like, no, they they changed it, or you guys are wrong, or both. Which Um, could happen. Yeah. And I know there's no Flash next week. Oh, okay. It comes back, like, May 4th. Like, it's going to come back around when Legends of Tomorrow comes back. Oh, okay. So, like, they're taking a a, a break. I don't know. Perfect. Yeah, I just double-checked on Marvel's website. Okay, so, well, um, Marvel's website says original series coming May 2021. Right. Disney Plus website 
Uh, and IMDb actually has the correct date of June 11th. That might be why we were messed up. Right. Just for clarity's sake, getting that out of the way before we even move any further on the show today. Okay. So, uh, it came out over the weekend that there is an ongoing legal dispute between the original writers of the 1987 Predator film and Disney in their attempts to get some sort of money for their creation. And this is the reason why you folks out there that are fans of this, myself a little bit, have not seen a new Friday the 13th movie or uh, that Friday the 13th uh, open world map game that was hot thing like three, four years ago. Okay. That's why that game essentially shut down. Okay. Because um, while they were doing stuff with that game and adding new content and adding different things from different movies to it, the lawsuit went forward where uh, Sean Cunningham and Victor Miller, yeah, Sean Cunningham was being sued by Victor Miller uh, over the rights. And while that is currently uh, in the appeal system, no new Friday the 13th stuff. It's not that it can't be made. The decision is being made of like, let's not make new stuff while this is being battled out in the courts. Right. Let's not make new stuff of stuff we might not own after it's all over. And I think that's what happened with the Predator comic, with this lawsuit coming to light. Right. Except I bet Disney has bigger lawyers. I'm sure that they, well, uh, I think it was Paramount or whomever owned, owns the rights to Friday the 13th, Jason, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this uh, is something that just recently came to light, which is interesting to see how... Um, the Predator stuff that got put into the Fortnite game, which might come up a little bit later on, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, because that stuff got put in as a huge big release, maybe like about two months ago. Right. And I know they cycle in and cycle out content all the time. And I wonder, it's one of those things where the content is out there, we can't take it away, but we're not going to offer it again. Right. That's the only thing I could fathom there. But this is, you know, something that happens with stuff. You know, just before we were recording, we were kind of looking over some of the other stories. And we saw that there was some comic book company called Ablaze that was putting out, quote unquote, uncensored Conan comics. And the way that they're getting around it is they're not calling them Conan comics. They're calling them the Chimerian. Sumerian. Sumerian. My apologies. No problem. They're not using the name Conan, but they're using who and what he is. And they are based on the uh, original works of uh, Robert E. Howard. And that's their loophole to get around Marvel owning the rights to do Conan name brand comic books. Right. And because I don't even understand um, our, our retailer could probably explain it better to you. But I was under the assumption that there's like a whole like kerfuffle with the Conan rights. Cause when Robert E. Howard killed himself, it was, uh, after his mother had passed. So I don't think he, he didn't have any kids that I know of. So I don't know where the rights went to. I was thinking, but I might have the stories confused that, that they went to a hospital, but you were saying that that was Peter Pan. Maybe. 
Right. So that is true that the rights to Peter Pan are to a hospital. And the reason that I know this is at its heyday, when Bill Willingham was doing Fables, uh, there was a whole thing of the adversary, right? Okay. The adversary was the big villain behind the scenes, the shadowy person who was behind everything that was wrong, and it ended up being Geppetto in the books. Okay. However, when the book was originally pitched, it was supposed to be Peter Pan. But okay. DC, Vertigo, Warner, whatever, couldn't get clearance from the hospital to use Peter Pan in the comic book as a villain. Well, that's because they, no, I'm thinking of something else. I'm thinking of the Wizard of Oz keeps tight tabs on their copyright because, and I don't mean to go too off on tangent, that's one of the reasons why one of the Muppets episode isn't on Disney+. Plus Because it was a whole uh, Wizard of Oz themed episode. Ah, and okay. Like, and they're like, oh, you can't use that. Like, you didn't, you had the rights to it on TV, but streaming is different. We didn't sign those rights. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I always find it interesting how rights work after someone passes away. Yeah. Um, or is, you know, and can't contest them, I guess, which is right. what's going on with the predator, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so just very interesting, um, how that is working out. And I, would they delay it to October? I think so. Okay. So we'll see if that actually does come out in October. We'll know in approximately four months when the October solicitations come out, if Mm -hmm. that's still going to happen. I hope it does. I was really looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. So, again, not a ton going on in the world of comic books, but what is going on is turmoil, not Thrill Zone, over on the set of (laughs) Legends of Tomorrow specifically revolving around our man, uh, Dominic Purcell, a.k.a. Heatwave, a.k.a. Uh, Rory. Right. So, apparently, <laughs> and I don't even know how to broach this subject, because it's, it's very swear-filled. Just and, uh, read the tweet, or the, the Instagram post. What oh, could happen? Really just read exactly as it is? Verbatim. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> So, all of these have been deleted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, deal isn't done. I have no interest. Whatever, two words, cash they throw on the corporate level, period. I'm, no punctuation, I'm walking away from Legends of Tomorrow. It's been a total pleasure and a humbling experience bringing the DC iconic character Heatwave, hashtagged, aka Mick Rory, all in caps, to life. I smashed this character. Not an actor in the world could have done better. Fact. I can't read that next part. Mm -hmm. Time to move on and see how things unfold. Um, Says uh, to uh, Nick Zeno and Katie Lotes, look after the kids coming through. They need education. They are a number. Teach them to not rely on loyalty from the studio. The studio does not care. The actor's work ethic and talent must give them a confidence to question authority. Much love to all. It's not lost on me how very fortunate I am. All caps. Actors hit me up on DM. Mm -hmm. So then the next one (laughs) is why so serious? I needed a laugh and got one fooled you. 
Okay. Then uh, at least 20 laughing, crying faces, some of them sideways. Uh, Everyone's losing their mind. And I'll just pause on that statement for a moment. No issue with studio or anyone. Wanted to laugh. Now I know I'm loved. But yes, I'm leaving. Brackets. DC's Legend of Tomorrow. On a full-time basis, but have every intention of coming back. Periodically, just not full season. Then, like, an open parenthesis, like it was a quote. <laughs> right. Um, it's a little unclear. Uh, Purcell... Uh, okay, it's a handshake deal with me and Phil Klemmer, my boss. I love the character and love Mick, love the cast. So funny how the press jumped down things. Wow, the snowflake generation, a touchy world. Brackets, Warner Brothers TV. Sorry for freaking you, just the letter U out. Nice negotiation tactic. Yep. <laughs> um, Everything's fine, Joe. I'll laugh, a joke, a lark, if you will. Uh, so oh. then that one got deleted and then he reposted most of that where he took out the line where he called, um, people, the snowflake generation. Right. Then he took that one down. Um, and put in, woke up this morning. Like I caused mass riots. Riots are hashtag. Uh, emails, phone calls, but what a genius negotiation move. Uh, P.S. My dear friends, the press got a great one for you next week. You're going to love it. And then all of these uh, posts have all been taken down. Of course they have. And I and I like the way like you, you, you gently, you know, passed over what he called his bosses at one point. Um, like, I don't. Well, we're I not done. Oh, you're not done. I thought that was everything at this point. I got I'm no. confused. So then there's another one, also deleted, <laughs> uh, all, all in caps, and nobody, two words, has forced me to make this statement. Right. God, would everyone chill out? Why are people losing their mind, singular, because I'm leaving the show? Yes, my tone was heavy, straight to the point. I use cuss, C-U-S words, because I do, and I'm an Australian. It's who I am. Do I have a beef with the studio? No. Yes, I said they don't care. That's not correct. Of course they do. Just me being emotional over stuff. We work. We all work in a big machine. Sometimes things happen. It's life. Here are the facts. I'm leaving Legend of Tomorrow on a full-time basis. I will come back periodically with a handshake deal with my boss. I haven't always had a tremendous relationship <laughs> with my bosses and the studio. And I have a tremendous re- working relationship. I am sad when Peter Roth retired. There's more. My wording was aggressive in tone because sometimes I get frustrated and annoyed. It's been a long, long, heavy year locked up in Vancouver, hashtag, for nine months without going home. Who doesn't and who hasn't lashed out? I'm human. So for God's sake, chill on. Dominic Purcell and the studio are beefing. It's not true. I haven't quit. My contract is up. Six years, not seven. I've never quit on a contract and never would. So all the fans, you will see me again (laughs) next year on season seven periodically. I hope this has cleared stuff up. I must admit I was freaked out on how much press I got or this got. But hey, the show hasn't uh, ever got as much press ever. Stoked. Cheers. 
Um, I hope he's okay. It sounds like I don't even know, man. Like something happened. Something? Uh, yeah, do you think something <laughs> happened? I think, I mean, and because I was tweeting back and forth with this about the art collect with the art collector about this, and he's like, I don't know how you can call your bosses the Bluth's boat from <laughs> Arrested Development and still have work, man. You know, just it, it, it boggles me. Other than the fact that he's one of the key, um, did he get drunk and mad that like they didn't have a deal done so he did this and then they're like whoa 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 like we'll get a deal done but all this has to go away you know delete that and fix it now delete the fixing and fix that now delete the thing that you've (laughs) deleted to fix like because it just got worse until he has what he has now but uh I i don't know i I'm guessing we'll see him, like you said, all of six and then sporadically through seven. But I think a, a deal went bad and he just, he was up all night drinking and lost it. I don't know what your take would he was be. Though, there was definitely some, it sounds like there was a misunderstanding. Let's say that. Okay. Um, It definitely sounds like, um, you know, again, he's, giving more information through a lot of deleted posts. And the problem is when you're any sort of level of Hollywood celebrity, um, and you post things on social media that have a very, um, dedicated fan base, no matter how big or small in comparison to other bigger, you know, fan bases. Um, and again, I'm just saying, listen, uh, I'm well aware that let's say the Harry Potter fandom is bigger than the legends of tomorrow fandom. Right. But it's still a fandom. It's still a, vi- rapid, a rabid fandom. It's very uh, a very loyal fandom. So if you post something and you delete it, that's going to cause problems to happen. Right. Because and it... then and then you post something and then you delete it again and then you do it again and then you do it again and you do it again. You're causing more of a stir than there needs to be, and then. You say, why is there a stir? It's like, well, you're creating the stir, you know? Right, yeah. Like, don't don't be shocked. Like, you can't, like, say those kind of things and expect nobody to react to them. I don't know. But there is, in all of this, one small thing that kind of, that has nothing to do with Mick that aggravates me a little bit, is everybody was like, well... Um, hey, like Legends of Tomorrow, this is like the last of the two original, you know, people left from season one. You would agree, right, Joe? Uh, yeah. The fact that Gideon, the voice of the ship, gets no love just because she's a voice actress ticks me off. I don't know why, but that's a pet peeve of mine. Like, everybody's like, there's only Sarah and Mick left. And I'm like, what about Gideon? Gideon's been there the whole time. Just because she's not running around, like, she, she's had a body, like, three times or four times over the course of six seasons. But I'm like, give, give give the voice actress some respect, please. I don't know why. That just bugs me. Well, it's one of those things, like, out of sight, I guess, out of mind. And people look at voice acting different. I agree. But she was probably on The Flash first, too, wasn't she? Was yeah. Was Gideon over there, so... Which she never really explained. I don't think I'm not even going to get into that, but I don't know. I just like the actress. I think she's very, very talented and pretty, and I think she should get more respect. You're throwing that talented and pretty part. All right. That's right. And and I always I found out the hard way. No, I didn't. I'm just saying this. 
maybe I did, that you always have to throw out smart and talented first before you do pretty. Always, <laughs> always do that. Never lead with the pretty. Uh, so I, I think the nature of the show is set up that people can come and go. Right. And I don't think it's that big of a deal um, that he's leaving, but he made it a big deal. Right. You know, I think when, um, what's his fl- face? Ray Palmer. What's the actor's name? I forget now. Uh, Brandon Routh. When Brandon Routh left, he just left. No, he didn't. He didn't. No, di- he didn't like, he, he made, he, he did some sort of interview where he just said like, but he didn't like do like a multiple Instagram. No, mis- he didn't. But no, he, he, when he, right. He didn't do multiple Instagram, but when he walked away, it was like, they didn't want us anymore. And my wife was a thing. And like, he had one interview where he kind of crapped over the, uh, the Purdue, like whoever was running the show, but he didn't do like what, like, like Mick did or the actor did like in the middle of the night, like just a, you know, a cuss filled rant. But, you know, I, I have a feeling that things aren't so great on the set of legends of tomorrow. I don't think things are great on any set that's going today. Eh. Well, this was pre-COVID with Brandon Routh. Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, and, and again, I think if a third person comes forward, then we got a problem. Right. And I'm wondering, and I know this is one of those shows that can, you know, everybody can come and go. And they have a, a deep bench of DC characters that they can use. But don't you think at some point when you don't have any of the original cast like, and you're so far down the, the trough with characters that it's kind of like, you better have, like, a quality of a Sarah or a Mick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and if the, like, and I, as, as much as I love a lot of these characters, no, like, none of them are as strong as the ones that have left. So okay. we'll see if, if, if they can survive. Like, I'm trying to think, like, Steel doesn't do it for me. Like, Vixen, the only one is Constantine, but I have a, I don't even know if he's a permanent member, but I have love for him from the, from the darker show that he did, you know? So the, the original show, I don't know. I'm going down a, a rabbit hole on this one. I get you. But. And uh, in unrelated uh, social media posting news, Ask not for whom the Rob trolls. The Rob trolls for thee. And now, the Rob Watch. The Rob Watch returns, Todd. Yep. So we know the Rob has uh, the last issue of Snake Eyes Endgame, Dead Game. It's a deadly game. Right, with every inker in the world. Right. Um... So I guess on his Facebook page, the Rob posted up an image of a team that he's been teasing for some time. Mm-hmm. And he said, I was going to have an NFT drop this weekend. It was submitted and prepared weeks in advance. Was. <laughs> I pulled it. Too much unknown. Environmental concerns. Market concerns. There was a bunch of spin-off pieces. Additional tokens highlighting each character all these bold new characters i'm inserting a pause here we'll meet you a little later on down the road colors by the brilliant j david ramos give a shout out to this guy here right um so this is a team that the rob has been teasing for some time that he has in his back pocket ready to go 
Um, and I think we have brought up before uh, on the show when NFTs, non-fungible tokens, became a thing. Right. Um, and I want to say we are not the show to delve deeper into this. If you listen to the most recent episode of House to Astonish, um, uh, Paul and Al do a much better job of explaining why NFTs are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> the fact that the Rob was like maybe going to be one of the first independent creators of this level to be working into it, mm-hmm. I don't want to say not surprising, but here we are. Right. Um, I just want to say, like I said, uh, NFTs, I always joke, were not for Todd. They're double not for Todd with, with Rob. But uh, like, and you said, we're not the show to discuss that. I actually might want to listen to House to Astonish because if they if they can explain why NFTs are bad, but in a simple term that maybe I could understand, if they can also explain what they are. That would be another great thing because I'm completely in the dark on all of this. And then you throw in like the Rob's ego and it's, it's all too much for me. I, I don't even know. And just like, Hey, lay off swiping green guy Gardner's costume. Would you, as we've been down that road before when this, that character popped up before his new character. I, and I'm interested in the in that image there, the guy on the left, the not Nova, not like Buckethead guy. Right. I want to know what his like physique looks like, because like his posture looks very odd in that picture. And then there's the guy that's in between him and gray hair guy Gardner. That's apparently just a floating head. What do you mean? If you look through uh, Guy Gardner's arm, there's there's no body there. <laughs> uh, but the long and the short of it is, and I'll I'll get you this off air. Um, what uh, Paul and Al talked about on House to Astonish this week is with an NFT, it's not like you're getting, um, like it's not like a PDF or a JPEG or something like that that you can download, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a digital file that goes through a blockchain. And the the thing is, because this is such a new technology, who's to say that that blockchain, which they do explain what a blockchain is, good, um, I have that no that idea. blockchain uh, isn't going to change their rights with you without your, like, the blockchain is going to change their rights and agreements with the creator, which is now going to break your agreement with the creator. Okay. And who's to say that that blockchain is going to exist a year from now, 10 years from now, a hundred years from now. Right. So you're buying something that may no longer exist on a clickable link. Question mark. Right. Do you know what does exist forever? <laughs> unless you get it wet or it rots paper, Joe. Paper. Even uh, even if like I had the ability to like download the JPEG or download the PDF of it, I could back it up until I'm blue in the face, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I know where that thing is. Right. Um. But yeah, so it's it's an interesting conversation. Definitely go check it out. Um. So that's the news that we have from this past week. Uh, be sure to check out. We talked about comic, uh, books, physical books. We're both physical media guys. We get our physical media from Comics at the Green, and they have done so for the better part of some nearly 30 years, I'd say. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, you can go check them out on Facebook. The link is in the show notes. Um, if you do not have a comic book shop in your area or you do not have a good comic book shop in your area, pains me to say it, but it happens from time to time. It's not a constant thing. It's champion's prerogative. You want my phone number? It's on the back of my license plate. Anyway, um, you can contact Dave and the crew, and they do a very brisk mail order subscription business all around the greater United States. And I don't want to put and the world on them, but all right, and the world. <laughs> um, and maybe when you get those packages, you may get some fancy sketches and art and so forth from our friend Becky. You can go check out her Instagram for some of the stuff that she has done, commissions and otherwise. Uh, you could also check out Kevin Hellions, the three-time, three-time, three-time winner of At Odds Mania. Uh, his website, Masked Library, where he puts up a lot of... Uh, articles and videos and a lot of his thrift store finds different book and comic book reviews a little bit more off the beaten path of what we do here uh you can go check out rick williams uh chop shop free karate chops.storeenvy.com where he does all these cool sci-fi fantasy wrestling etc uh resin figures jason sandberg's jupiter and chris runt's battle monsters are both available over on comiXology the links to all of that are in the show notes of course uh as is soon to be named network at soon to be named network.com soon to be named network.tumblr.com you know all the shows by now you're listening to Longbox heroes Longbox heroes after dark uh final wrestling place puzzle warriors three profane arguments at odds with wrestling uh wings on wings making their triumphant return and the newly christened we need wrestling <laughs> uh with dj and brett talking about the wrestling that they need in their life last week it was vader aka big van vader this week it's samoan joe uh i think alexa bliss is coming up because adam paid them 20 bucks to do it oh he got a deal yes he did um as a well again i can't say this on the air because i think dj and dj for sure listens i don't know if brett does right uh, but if you wanted to have a fun rib on them um todd yeah. you could uh pay them money to do uh the red rooster but continually call him terry funk in your request um but talk I, about like oh man that one time when he came out and he had the red mohawk and he fought brooklyn brawler at wrestlemania 5 that was my favorite terry funk match could you talk about that yeah and just i don't know DJ scene. i don't know why you're talking about like that would be a rib there this that's the person terry funk the red rooster <laughs> makes no sense to me why you would make this joke i would pay them i would pay them a lot of money to hear him talk about terry funk the red rooster oh what does Listen. he say cockle doodly do what does he say <laughs> terry funk didn't have no catchphrase uh he threw uh he threw frozen turkeys or chickens at people that was just that one time and he used them as boxing gloves ah it happens and anyway anyway uh, anytime any of those shows go live or anytime anyone from those shows go live uh, myself, Adam, and DJ have been making the rounds over on the A-Show's Tournament of Champions Fantasy Wrestling Booking Cards thing. So anytime those pop up, uh, I think uh, Jingle Meister himself, who does a lot of the bumpers and stuff that you hear on many of these soon-to-be-named network shows, uh, David Kincannon just recently appeared on a Bare Naked Ladies song. Uh, like they go through the alphabetical catalog of bare naked ladies. He was just recently on that show. Okay. Anytime any of that stuff happens, pops up, whatever, it's all over at soon to be named network.com. Better than any podcatcher in the history of podcatchers. There I said it. 
Yep. Uh, digital books and sales this week, a bunch, of course. Um, newbie stuff. Marvel has a sale on Jane Foster, Thor stuff, and Nightcrawler stuff. Uh, Nightcrawler, I'll say, maybe um, the the um, most underrated X-Men of them all. Right. And even though they he stole his name from the game that Charlie and uh, Danny DeVito play. Right. On It's Always and Sunny, I, he's still a great character. He was the one who initially said that the 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 blankets should be dirt. Right, said, get out of here. Right. Um, they also have a sale on X Men Dawn of X stuff. If that's your thing, uh, Dark Horse is having a sale on spy things. Very basic, just blanket statement of spy things. Uh, Image is having a sale on Greg Rucka related things. Ahoy Comics is having a sale on stuff. And hey, I recommend going to check out Second Coming and Billionaire Island, both by Mark Russell. Uh, not the political uh, humorous uh, musical. Sa- right. right. The musical satirist. Musical satirist, thank you. And uh, DC's sale this week is Harley Quinn and Suicide Squad related things. Right. Uh, I don't know if this is in conjunction with the... Fortnite comic, or th- this is when the Suicide Squad movie was supposed to come out, and they just had it loaded in the hopper and no one changed it. Right. I would not be surprised. I wouldn't be either. Right. So, uh, let's get into what we read from this past week. Uh, Todd, I'll let you begin with the book that we were both looking forward to this week, which was Batman the Detective number one. The Dark Knight Returns done right. Um, (laughs) Written by Tom Taylor, art by uh, Andy Kubert. Um, Obviously, like, this takes place, you know, in the future of Batman's timeline, a possible future. Um, It starts out with uh, a bunch of people donning Batman-like masks to attack a plane. And I'm not familiar with this character because I wasn't reading Batman uh, Incorporated, but uh, I believe it's Knight uh of knight and squire kind of a thing like the british uh batman kind of thing this lady um she ends up trying to stop the plane it crash uh, attacking the plane it crashes creating like a uh, uh, where the plane crashes a big crater and everything and batman realizes that this might be a message for him and he's talking to uh he's talking to himself about how like he it's time for him to leave gotham even though he's saved tons and tons of people uh, he hasn't really saved the city um, kind of a deal, which which comes into play later. And he goes and he ends up going to the, the scene of the accident and he runs into Squire and like a, a villain shows up who's slightly different than the way we know him in the present, which I thought was really cool. And he the way he ends up defeating him, there's some like interesting way that Batman explains things that seem nonchalant, but they're really important about stopping this character. Um, so they go after that squire's like, maybe you should go see Knight. And he goes to see Knight and he realizes that it was all a, a thing to bring him there, kind of a deal. And these bat people just as Batman attack, and he ends up re- putting two and two together on why they attacked the plane and what it's a personal how it's a personal attack on Batman. Um, I was enjoying this book as I went, kind of a deal. Um, like I was like, okay, nothing, 
too amazing. But then, like I said, like fighting that one villain, I thought was really cool in the way he did it. But then when it became personal in the way that it did, I really liked the hook at the end. Um, so yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a big Tom Taylor fan and I enjoyed this book. It looked good. Uh, I'm not, you know, I was never like a big, like followed the Cuberts at any time, except for the father on old Sergeant rock stories, but I like the art on it and I'm looking forward to the rest of it. Uh, I echo a lot of the same sentiments that you do. Um, it was a Tom Taylor written Batman book. Um, I didn't know that it takes place in like, some possible far-flung future, possible elseworld sort of tale. Um, I didn't know that it was a miniseries as well. I guess it is. Right, one of six on the cover. And I think that's why they changed the name from Batman the Dark Knight. Yeah. So it wouldn't have, because it's in the future, it wouldn't have any, you know, comparisons to the Dark Knight Returns. Right. And not to say that there's not some good action in here. I like uh, Andy Kubert's art. I like the Kubert brothers art. Mm -hmm. Um, It it harkens me back to, you know, a time in the 90s when that's what comics looked like, you know. Yep. And it's uh, it's interesting to see guys like them and others still doing the same thing that they did some 25 years ago and like still collecting a paycheck for it. You know, God bless them. I agree. And, you know, obviously there's like a big spoilery thing that happens at the end of the issue that Todd kind of hinted about. And what turned just kind of, you know, maybe a standard boilerplate um, Batman story into something that kind of packs a little bit more of an emotional punch. I don't want to give it away. That's for somebody else to do. Um, But I feel as though has this story been told before? I don't know. Like, I don't want to spoil it. Right, but like I, I feel as though like there's been something close to this told. It might not even have been done with Batman. It may have been done with like Superman even. Right. Yes. Like I, I have a I have a, a belief that this story has been done before. But I'm enjoying it, so that's good, you know. Right. I don't remember the old one. Yeah. Uh so definitely check this out. Like I said, it's a six issue miniseries. Even if you want to wait for the trade, I think you'll uh just based on the strength of the first issue, I think you'll enjoy this. Mm-hmm. So uh, the other book that we both read from this past week would be The Joker, number two, uh, written by uh, James Tinney IV, uh, with art by Gilliam March. And that's the main story, of course. Uh, we have our punchline backup story, which mm-hmm. we'll, you know, we'll talk about. Right. Uh, but this is, you know, a Jim Gordon book. Uh, being told under the guise of a Joker headline. Yep. Uh, last issue, that woman uh, came to Commissioner Gordon and said, here's a bunch of money. Uh, here's where the Joker is. You get this money. Uh, you get, like, unlimited whatevers to do this. But the thing is, you're not going to apprehend the Joker. You're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gordon goes to uh, Batman and kind of lets him know what's going on. Leaves out the killing part. Mm-hmm. Um, do, so there's like two reveals in this book. I think the Joker is maybe in like four pages of this 32 page story. Well, that's four times what he was in in the last issue. That's true. That's true. Um, so do we want to reveal like, like, I don't want to reveal like the, the last page reveal, but the mid show reveal, the mid show, the mid issue reveal. Right. About the Baniacs doing something. 
Okay, and the other one too. Okay, because there's a lot. Oh, there's there's a lot to do. Um, yeah, the, it's a very busy issue, but it didn't feel busy. It felt like very like it moved very quickly through everything. It was right. giving you a lot of information, but it wasn't like things that you needed like kind of sit on and like stew over for real. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd mentioned the Baniacs <laughs> right. where on Santa Prisica. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are making a, a lady Bane. Mm-hmm. That's really all you need to know. Is it Bane's daughter? Maybe, I guess. Who knows? I'm sure they're telling her that. And then when Bane's revealed not to be dead, spoiler, they killed Bane. Uh, when <laughs> Bane's revealed not to be dead, and it's like, you're not my daughter, and then we're going to get a whole thing like that. Right. Uh, but no, I was talking about the stuff with Oracle. No, I, I okay. That took me a second because there was three like moments, and I just wanted to get Baniacs out there. But uh, yeah, like that that thing where because basically the gist of the story is Gordon has to ask Batman for help because he's like, yeah, I'm doing this, but I don't know who I'm working for, and I don't like that. So could you look into that? And plus, I need access to the Bat computer. And Batman's like, okay, but we're gonna put the training wheels on the Bat computer. You know what I mean? Like you can't have it all, and I'm gonna give you Oracle. And as they're talking, they're discussed, they bring up like, he's like, but when you find the Joker, I have to, you have to call me and I'll come help you. And he's like, yeah, that sounds, you know, like, well, you know, good. And in that Oracle ends up going like, hey, he never answered the question. And then there's a thing that Jim Gordon does to take everybody off their game that shows like, Jim isn't the smartest man in the room when it's Oracle and Batman, but He's just as good every once in a while, and he ends up throwing him a curveball, and that curveball is really, really cool. And then the way that goes, I actually got goosebumps from thinking about it because the rest of the book is Jim having this conversation with Oracle, and I'm like, I really like this. This book is so good, so good in two issues that it is rocketing up my list of like, oh, like, like let's nudge some other stuff out of there. I, I can't believe how good this book is, but yeah, that, that's the, the, I'm trying to do the plain way of the reveal. I think that's as good as we're going to get, you know what I mean? And I hope I didn't give it away in doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's the thing. I, I know it's been kind of spoiled elsewhere, but that's again, not this show, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, you know, save all spoilery stuff for like TVs and movies at the end of the show, but comics are our heart. Um, but but th- this issue is great. Like this book is really good. And I hope all the people buying a Joker book um, <laughs> to speculate on it, like maybe you bought 10 copies. I don't know. Read one, maybe. Right. I love enjoy the, it. I love the fact that this book, that, that, that people think they're getting a Joker book. The joke is literally on them. Right. I mean? And uh, the one thing that they do mention about Oracle that I did not know, I don't know if you knew this, and I mean, I'm all over the place on this book, is that I didn't realize that her chip in her back only had basically she's like the spawn of bat girls now she only has so much bat girling in the chip anymore before oh. it get, like it could ruin her yeah. and i'm like I, that was obviously probably in some other books and everything but finding that out in here so it's not much of a spoiler but i'm like oh cool i really like this whole aspect of the oracle character too you know so i don't know i'm finding out stuff too as i'm reading this book but and, you know, the, the Joker stuff that we get in here, I think, is pretty good and creepy. You know, having no Joker stuff or negative Joker stuff in the previous one. Right. He's got some plans that are actually pretty darn smart that he's doing. Mm-hmm. So. 
And that's, I think a lot of times the best Joker, as opposed to him just being a force of chaos, which he is and can be. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when he certainly seems to have a control on the chaos and exactly knows where it's going to go and how it's going to work. And you don't. Mm -hmm. I think that's a lot of times. So I, I don't think we get to see that part of the Joker chaos very often. We just see the chaos we don't get to hear the Joker side of thing. If that's one of the positives, one of the takeaways that we have uh, from this book being a thing, so be it. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, like I said, definitely check this one out too. Uh, you know, I got no complaints on this. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, I read it, but you wanted to uh, give a talking to about something with uh, Gardens of Galaxy 13. Yep. Basically, uh, this is the Al Ewing run. You know, there's been 12 issues. Uh, I've kind of jumped off the last couple issues. I was literally going to leave at issue 12. Um, and I haven't read the last couple. So reading this, this is actually a really good jumping on point. The, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxies have become superheroes to the galaxy instead of galaxy guardians kind of a deal and uh some stuff goes down with these these creatures that show up that are going to start wreaking havoc and at the end basically they say well this is an act of war and they're like oh well what are you going to do about it and somebody shows up and says if it if it be war then let it be war and proceeds to like oh like who's this person and he proceeds to hand every single one of them their lunch and says all right i'm here and this would have been my pick of the week last week if I had known that a certain character, spoiler alert, it's been all over the news, was showing up in the last couple of pages. It would have been my my thing, but I thought he was going to be in the next issue. I actually uh, adored this issue. If you like a, uh, you know, an easy jump on point, I think this is the book for you. And I'll so try to I, stop there. I'll say this, um, you know, without spoiling things, of course. But I think it's already out there mm-hmm. and has been for three months. Right. This almost feels I think they might have done themselves a little bit of a favor um, by advertising that this is kind of sort of fallout from Empire. Right. Because a lot of this is fallout from Empire with the Kree and the scroll stuff uh, with Hulkling and Wiccan being in charge of everything. Um Obviously, the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, I guess, came later. But, you know, if I'm sure there's some cachet, there's some something to Empire. Like, what could it have hurt to put out of, like, spitting out of the events of Empire on the cover of this or in the trade dress of this or in the advertising for this or something, you know? Right. But I think when they advertised the team, that got that got them enough press. That's all they needed. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And, and I do think sometimes... You don't want to hook your wagon to the big, I'm not going to say convoluted, but you know what I mean? The big thing that people get tired of after a while. It's like, here's a fresh start. That's not a fresh start. Like, we'll trick you into thinking that. I don't know. That's my take anyway. But did you enjoy the issue? Yeah, yeah. It was good. Um, Like I said, there was a lot going on in the issue. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that you said it was a good jumping on point, but it's giving you a lot of information that you're going to need going forward. And I think if like, and I, I'm just going to kind of come back to this. If you already read empires related stuff, 
you're already caught up to speed and you're just kind of like reading more of the same. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so I never read Empire. So. Right. So it's very interesting to see you not read, reading Empire feels as a very good jumping on point where I feel having read Empire, this is just more of the same, which was very good. Um, it just, I think, more of a primer you would have got out of that than just coming in cold. Okay. Yeah. So that's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, if you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday around noon Eastern time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is that you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week, and we've been hitting goose egg after goose egg these last several weeks, but we both got nice slender reads of lists <laughs> this week. Uh, four books, uh, little to no crossover. Um, I go first. I'm going to take the shot in the dark and say the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Nightwing number 79. It is Nightwing 79. After I love the first issue with Tom Taylor, um, I'm looking forward to more reading, you know, uh, Batman the Detective. I don't know. I think he's on a roll. I think this is his people are going to stop equating him as Tom King at this point. Right. So looking over your list, I have two, and I'm probably going to mess it up because I'm not 100% sure. I should get guest people to just guess for me because they probably do better. But I want, I'm not saying this is it. I want to say Nightwing 79, but I'm going to say Batman, Batman Fortnite 0 point number one because you want to make your kid read. That's why you're looking forward to it. Uh you are incorrect. Right, uh, it's the book Nightwing. I'm most looking forward to coming out is Nightwing 79. Right, okay. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Same reasons that you mentioned. Um, I'm always a sucker for Nightwing, and that first issue was a great jumping on point. Would have been awesome if it was numbered number one. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was my son, he's most looking forward to com- the Fortnite um, Batman book. Right. And uh, I'll... You know, the DC books do come out a day earlier than everything else. I will say it's a brisk read. Oh, okay. Um, And I'm going to say that our, I guess our shop got swamped with calls about them today. Uh, that's, that's what I was um, seeing as well. You know, as the ticker was moving from copies on eBay selling from $25, as I sent someone an email at 2 30 to me being done with work at six o'clock and it was already up to $40. Right. And, uh, I didn't realize that it was Christos Gage writing the book. Yep. So it's, I think it's like story by some guy who's involved with Fortnite, mm -hmm. but it's written by, uh, Christos Gage. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like I said, Nightwing is the book you're looking forward to. Yeah. Nightwing is the book I'm looking forward to. So yeah, I'm in the lead. Woo. I'm just giving you a false sense of security. <laughs> I could cl- I could flick the switch whenever I want. That's Joe. right. N- not unlike Lincoln Hawk turning his hat backwards. Uh, is that the guy who rode the motorcycle like Kit Street Hawk? Do you not get that reference? No, I don't know who. Oh, that's uh, over the top. All right, all right. I, I might have to update my list for the Patreon shows. I've seen over the top. My, I was one of the three movies that I've seen with my father in theater. So, 
Dare I ask what the other two are? Oh, four. There was four altogether. <laughs> the other three. Uh, so there was obviously over the top Star Wars. I t- I've told you the Star Wars story, right? Yes. Where he wakes up in the cantina scene because he was tired and just went, you like this? And went back to sleep. The other one was Sylvester Stallone's Cobra. All right. Your dad has a theme. You're going here. Right. And then the the fourth movie was when we were away. I will never forget it at uh, Wildwood. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, okay. Those are the f- only four movies that I can remember seeing with. I probably saw others at the drive-in. You know what I mean? But yeah, like what I remember of seeing with him were those four. Cl- all four classic movies, by the way. And my father cried in Cobra when they smashed the the the, the vintage car. Oh, I thought you were going to say he cried when uh, Marion Cobretti cut his pizza with a pair of scissors. No. Huh. No, he was like that. He goes, I had a Cobra uh, when I was younger. That broke me up or whatever the kind of car was that he had. Outside of uh, movies at the drive-in, mm-hmm. uh, I could tell you the number of movies I've seen in the theater with my dad. Mm-hmm. Zero. Oh, I thought you guys went to see Porky's together. No, the, with mm-hmm. HBO. Oh, okay. By the way, I've seen Porky's. Just so you know. HBO, not a sponsor. No, you know, heavy rotation on HBO when I was a kid. (laughs) Heavy rotation on HBO. Um, But uh, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done over these nigh on and some odd years, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of After Dark, or the ongoing saga of Jonah Hex and the Spider Clone variety. Yes. So this week, uh, did I click the wrong link? I did. Oh, you link clicker. All right. So this week, and I have notes. (laughs) (laughs) This week, we read Spectacular Spider-Man number 223. Mm -hmm. And this one also had a die cut cover. Right. Doesn't work digitally. Right. Doesn't work digitally, but you get the idea. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... We get the stuff with Jackal acting crazy uh, right. in Ravencroft. Uh, Are you... He tricks, like, the camera system. Like, now, apparently, he's, like, nigh-on omnipotent and could get out of his Hannibal right. Lecter-esque thing and just kind of move freely through everything. Um, primarily because Shriek, uh, we tie all this into Maximum Clonage, which was one of the great... Uh, Spider-Man storylines of the whatever before this. Um, she has the carrion virus inside of her. Was it a maximum carnage? Did What did I say? Maximum clonage, which maximum came later, right? Is the next one. Maximum carnage is the previous one. I apologize. Uh, no, no, because when you said that, I was like, did they do a clone thing with symbiotes before this? Like, No, they did a symbiote thing before this that they just ripped the name off for the clone thing. Right. And I'm also a little confused. Aren't I supposed to be reviewing Spider-Man 223? Oh, that's right. You are. Listen to me. Okay. What am I doing? So that's why I'm like, all right, you want to keep going, but you're doing Jonah Hex when you're done. No, no. I'm going to so I'm going to stop here and I'm going to let you take this over. Right. Okay, cuz I have no. Um because basically it starts like you said with Dr. Kafka, Jackal, Colonel Jameson, um and he's like they're reviewing him and like you said, but Jackal's there for for all alternate reasons, and then they mentioned that uh, Francis Barion is that her name? Who shriek? 
Yeah, it don't really matter. It don't really matter. Is carrying the carrion virus inside, which she thinks is a baby, whatever. So I'm all, I'm all really confused about that. And ja- so I'm going to take these as bits. Like I'm just going to do the jackal thing from beginning to end, and then on to the next one. So the jackal, like you said, escapes, and he's going through all of Kafka's files, and it's, um, he's looking up. And I don't know if this is a name I'm supposed to know. Malcolm McBride file. I don't know. So he ends up getting out, like you said, goes to see Shriek, and then we don't know. He ends up escaping. I don't know what he gathered, what he got. Did he get the carrion virus? I'm completely confused. Um, while this is going on, MJ and Ben are are together, and she ends up telling him, like, I don't know. I, you're a clone with my husband's face. This is too, like, freaky. Leave the mask on. And he ends up, you know, talking to her. He's like, hey, listen, I understand – there's problems. You're pregnant. And he's like, how do you know that? Peter let it slip. I understand he's got, you know, radioactive blood from the spider bite. Maybe that'll affect your kid. I got a doctor who can help me. And she's like, well, why would you want to help? And she kind of like loses her stuff. And then he ends up explaining like uh, a little thing that they haven't brought up at all in the, in the spider clone saga, uh, clonage, uh, like degeneration. And he's like, I only have so much time. Um, and I want to help, blah, blah, blah. So she ends up becoming nice, and he ends up saying, I could take you to this doctor friend of mine who can, who, who's been studying me, he can help you. So they kind of end up, you know, becoming kind of like friendly. Uh, Peter is in jail, and Robbie Robertson's comes to him, and he says, listen, tell your story to the Daily Bugle, we can get out there. And like, this is probably the best part of this story where Peter goes like, no, I can't do it. And he thinks about it. He's like, what am I going to do? I'm going to go say that I'm this and there's a clone of me and he's really, I'm really Spider-Man. That's going to leave me open to all these attacks and my family. And just like the logic behind why he can't do anything about him is is the strongest thing in here that I that I really like. And he has this whole sequence where he thinks about breaking out of the prison that that at no point did I think was like real at at any point. Well, that's going on detective, what about me? What about Raven? Thinks that he hasn't he's put away the wrong man. The guy's like, "Well, why?" He's like, "Let me take these bandages off and show you because I have the mark of Cain now and I, you know, how could he have done that if he was in prison?" So that that's going on with him. Pod Peter is uh, running around and he's trying to figure out who he is. And it seems like he's going to the places that I remember like this, this time it was, I think the warehouse that uncle uh, that he fought, found the burglar in, in his memories. And he ends up remembering that he's Peter Parker Parker. And he has some responsible responsibility thing to do. And pod Peter's going to go home kind of a deal um, all around. Like I said, other than the Peter Parker stuff, you know, just an all right issue. Right. Uh, I wanted to mention uh, one of the crazy person things that uh, the Jackal does. He does like he makes a Barney reference. Yes. Very timely, very uh, holding up to this day and age. Right. Um, The more and more it goes on, the more and more I hate the third Peter stuff. Right. Uh, It's really bad. And and again, I got no problem at this point saying, um, I made like very much an obvious red herring in all of this. You mean he's not the real Peter? <laughs> oh, um, this my... is the closest that we get of Tom DeFalco, the writer here. Um, the closest that he comes to aping the pathos that we get out of a JM DeMatty's scripted issue. issue. Mm-hmm. 
where you obviously had mentioned all the stuff of Peter saying, like, essentially, like, how easy it would be for him to break out, right? Mm-hmm. And him essentially saying, like, hey, um, it obviously wasn't me. There's only one other person out there, as far as we know, that has my face and my fingerprints, maybe. And that's Ben. So I should go and take him in. But then he's like, no, if he is my clone, he has the same self like the same sense that I have in regards to doing good. So it's obviously not him. So maybe right. like he was framed or something. Right. Um, also, I wanted to mention uh, while the third Peter is going around all the yes. old Peter Parker haunts, Scryer is just there watching him. And so no is Kane. And uh, you had asked uh, Malcolm McBride. We talked about, um, uh, Jackal going to shriek to get the carrion virus out of her. Mm-hmm. Malcolm McBride is the D-list Spider-Man villain whose name is Carrion, who stole the carrion virus from Jackal all those years ago. And like that was the basis of his powers. It was like he would give you the carrion virus. Wasn't he the janitor at Ravencroft? No, you're th- and okay. You're vermin. That's vermin. vermin. Who's a different D level? Like he turns into like a rat man, right? The one from uh, the 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 Craven's Last Hunt. Yes, great story by the way. Could we have done that one? No. Oh, okay. And then we get a second feature, um, where Ben is a drunk and <laughs> he's being not nice to people, and he stops a guy from committing suicide that he yelled at earlier. And this is the beginning of Ben figuring out that he needs to not be a jerk, but this is also when he gives himself the name Ben Riley. Right. So technically, this is the first appearance of Ben Riley. The rookie Ben Riley. This is his rookie appearance. Oh. In flashback form. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Again, this is just more laying the groundwork for the next multi-part whatever as we continue down a road of those. Uh, right. Here with the uh, Spider Clone Saga. Yep, I'm gl- I'm enjoying it muchly as we go. <laughs> uh, but no, I do try to break it up as best as I can as we will be getting to maximum clonage in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, uh, in three months. Mm-hmm. That makes me sad every time you see... When you equate months to this clone <laughs> saga. It's like, that's right, I have months. I, I now have... Let's see. May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. I have an eight-month sentence on the clone saga. <laughs> well, uh, this, not an eight-month sentence. Uh, Jonah, Jonah Hex, number 24, uh, written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray. Uh, with art by the returning David Michael Beck. This is a Halloween issue, Todd. Mm-hmm. Here in April. <laughs> well, again, uh, it did come out in October of 2007, uh, intentionally. Uh, we do get a bit up the front uh, where Jonah is at a bar and an underground fight club. I think, you know, I don't think it really needed to be underground uh, in Jonah's day, but still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is there with Batlash, another you know, a returning character, of course. And they're watching the uh, 
the the pugilism, the boxing, uh, Batlash is trying to tell him that it's an art, uh, as opposed to what Jonah does, uh, just shooting someone is not an art. And Jonah's like, well, I'll go to prove you that's not an art. You know, I'll just go and enter the thing and beat this guy. And Jonah does one punch style. Right. Uh, I wish that they kind of edited into the issue. Uh, Blue Beetle uh, rubbing his eyes, crying, saying one punch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while they are at this bar or saloon or whatever it is, Jonah gets a telegram. Uh uh, Batlash says, I'm going to uh, uh, accompany you on this. Jonah doesn't really want him because, of course, he's Jonah. Uh, they end up in the town of Coffin Creek. It's a three-week ride. Uh, one day, I'm sure, we'll get those issues of what happened in those three weeks <laughs> from the, those two panels, you know? Right. That's when Jimmy Palmiotti creates the other Jonah Hex. He'll do those stories. Right, right. Uh, so we get a bunch of names here. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone gets like usually like people come and go out of Jonah Hex's lives with nary a name or nary a remembrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this woman obviously is someone who is part of Jonah's past. This is the first time that we're meeting her here in this run. Um, there's a chance she could show up again or this could be a one off. Mm-hmm. And that would be the head of the uh, brothel in town, Crystal Ray Abercrombie. Uh, She and Jonah very obviously have a past. Uh, She sent a telegram to Jonah for assistance uh, because there is someone terrorizing the women in the town. And Jonah's like, well, why didn't you get this person? Why didn't you get this person? And, you know, she's like, well, I did. And they all failed. So that's why I'm coming to you. Right. Right. Um. And right before, and he's like, well, we have him stowed away in this room. Um, and right before Jonah's about to go in, Crystal says, he's like, yeah, right before the last guy left town, uh, this guy inside here specifically asked for you. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get to see El Diablo return. Yay! But it's not El Diablo, it's the spirit, the, the spirit of vengeance, the Ghost Rider thing. That is usually inside of the human form of El Diablo, but this time he's in another person. Do I have that correct? No, he is. He it's the same way. It's it's like it comes out of the guy's name is something Lazarus. My brain right. is fried. But this is him sitting there, and he's like, "I'm trapped in this room. Uh, the person that we really need to get has like put wards or whatever, and I can't leave. So that's why I asked for you." Right. So, uh, there is a prairie witch by the name of Esmeralda Moreland. Right. Uh, who is Lord Lazarus, the normal host of El Diablo here. Um, but now the El Diablo spirit must possess Jonah. So Jonah can go into the lair of the prairie witch and save the people that have been taken by her. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a ton of great splash pages in this mm-hmm. issue. Uh, there's the one uh, shot where the prayer witch is jumping at them saying, kill them both. Right. And like people are just getting shot in the face and shot in the eye and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I'd like to own that page. That's a really nice page. Uh, he if has I was some... one of those art people, I would buy that page. It's probably a lot uh, of money, though. 
I'll tell you right now, as I'm looking through, like, as we go along, I, I'm finding out where the, like, people's reps are as I'm rereading this book. <laughs> and, of course, uh, Batlash is there for assistance. The El Diablo-possessed Jonah Hex um, is battling uh, the Prairie Witch. And all the people that she has there, of course, are all the people that Jonah has killed. And all the people that are wanting and longing for Jonah um, to, you know, come to the other side, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. So as uh, Jonah is battling the witch, he comes upon... Uh, Lazarus, and it appears as though he's able to transfer the El Diablo spirit back to Lazarus. Right. Um, so the two of them are able to get the jump on her, take her down, and as they do, the town starts to return to normal. And as she is a pile of crumbling, smoldering bones, uh, I'm assuming that it's Batlash, uh, who says... I don't know about you, gentlemen, but I require a bottle of whiskey, a priest, and the consultation of a warm woman of any tint disregarding green. <laughs> yep, that's a great line. Oh, boy. Um, my favorite line, though, is basically, it's the most Western thing, is when El Diablo uh, is possessing Jonah, but he's still in there. And they go into that witch where she said, just before she says, kill them both, uh, all the people are chanting, hex, hex, hex. And Batlash is like, Jonah, it appears this crowd's familiar with your name. And Jonah just goes, lead, not words. And he just unloads on them with the, the Hellfire guns. I'm like, I forgot how much I really, really like this book. And it is way better than the Clone Saga. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> I like that there's not a nary ounce of, like, argument there. No, I, listen, I can't argue, you know. Uh, the... Clone Saga was to see if it holds up, and, right. uh, you know, we're not there yet. Right. And we know Joan will hold up. After yeah, sure. Issue, so so uh, this was a good issue. I liked it. You know, uh, one and done, we get some returns of some familiar faces in El Diablo and Batlash. We get the introduction of some new faces. Who knows if they'll come back ever again. Right. So next week, uh, simply for you, Jonah Hex, number 25, uh, on the Spider-Clone Saga thing, it is the beginning of the Mark of Cain Saga, Todd, oh. as we have both Web of Spider-Man 124 and Amazing Spider-Man 401. Oh, Where well, I'm doing double duty again. Yep, yep. Um... Yeah, there might be one coming up where you do triple, but we'll get there when we get there. I can't wait until you have to read a whole original trade paperback. <laughs> I look forward to it. I know. Oops. So, also, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out our store link. Where you can buy shirts or pins or stickers with our fancy logo on them. Uh, and hey, if you want to save on shipping, just let me know. I'll bring a couple with me to uh, the LVAC Real Rumble, May 21st and 22nd. Mahoning Drive-In, uh, one month's time as we record this. Uh, wrestling under the bright lights of a drive-in movie screen. Uh, the matches and talent are being announced. If you're a wrestling person, of course, I hope to see you there. Um, 
you could also check out our T public store, uh, simply linked at tinyurl.com backslash longbox heroes, where you can get uh, designs inspired by this show, After Dark, at odds with wrestling, and Final Wrestling Place on anything from shirts to cell phone covers to decorative throws and everything else that your heart can possibly imagine. Uh, you could also sign up for our Patreon. Uh, I mentioned on Longbox Heroes this week, and I'll mention it here. In my mind, when you sign up for the Patreon, you're paying for this show that you're listening to right now. So we, in turn, have to give you something for free since you're paying for the free show. Right. And those things that we give you are previewing the past, where Todd and I look at 30 years ago that month's previews catalog so we can track the progress, the explosion, and implosion of the comic book <laughs> industry. Uh, as well as six never-seen movies, where this week, for the $5 and up folks, they will be getting my first viewing of the film, Better <laughs> Off Dead, and the reveal of the next movie that I will be giving to Todd. Whether it's a dainty choice or a gut punch, we'll right. see. Right. Uh, that'll be up to Todd, maybe at the, the moment's notice. We shall see. Right. Where I, my idea is to ramp up and end with the double gut punch, Todd wants his two gut punches up front <laughs> and then uh, a dainty caress for the last two movies. Right. And, uh, you know, an easygoing crawl to the finish. Right. Uh, you can also help us out by making any and all of your purchases through the Amazon click through over at the top of the page at longboxheroes.com. They at Amazon call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the advertising fee. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the notable purchases uh, through the Amazon click through this past week include uh, somebody purchased both Street Survivors and Give Me Back My Bullets by Leonard Skinnerd. Mm, cool. I don't know how that works, but it showed up as purchases. I like them songs. Uh, somebody also purchased a Fire TV stick light with Alexa voice remote light. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody also purchased the Star Wars High Republic books from the Expanded Universe, Light of the Jedi and Into the Dark. Wait a minute, isn't that a Star Trek title, Into the Dark? No, now see, I thought that was the original um, uh, Snyder titles for Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice. Oh, was it also what was the the, the Spider Man musical? Uh, that was Turn Off the Darkness. Oh, a lot of dark talk. That's right. And somebody also purchased the Conan the Barbarian by Kurt Busiek Omnibus. And I know who that was. Oh, that I would I'm gonna say that was inspired by us doing the Conan and Thunderbolt stuff a year ago on this very show. It could be, but uh, that's the summer you. Oh, hey, look at that. He was like, Oh, if you get a click through on this, because he does buy a lot of the stuff through the click through, and he's like, Oh, did you because I know you don't mention everything, and he's like, Oh, I'm like, Yeah, like if it's you know, bigger thing or like and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, I hope he mentions the because he's really he's a big Kurt Busiek fan, so he's looking forward to reading this. Yeah, hey, yeah, sure. So, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? We did have some art attacks um, from Rebecca's art. Something still being worked on, but by Rebecca with a tiny bit of help, and it's a uh, young girl playing guitar or like a rough, like the. The head is like detailed, but the rest of it is like roughed out, like especially the guitar. Uh, but I could definitely see where they're going. And I like rock and roll, so I enjoy this picture. 
Uh, I like the varying uses of uh, pens or marker there. Obviously, mm-hmm. the guitar being done in a much thicker line than everything else. Uh, the head and the hair, very manga-inspired. Uh, I really like what she's doing. Right, Thanks guitar, for sharing your stuff with us. Yep, and the guitar was strung upside down for a left-handed genius show. <laughs> Ford Fairlane? Yes. Um, and also, I had an art attack, Metamorpho, by his co-creator, creator, Ramona Freden. Uh, she started drawing comics in the 1950s and still is putting out a ton of commissions and sketches. Her waiting list is a mile long, but this popped up just as is on her rep site. And I was like, I need to have this. You know, he was always a big part of Justice League Europe. And I was talking with uh, our good buddy DJ on Facebook about it. Like she was always at Baltimore every year that I was there. But she was under the radar at the time of like creators that I had missed. She created Metamorpho. She did a huge run on Aquaman in the early days. And I was like, oh man, why didn't I ever get anything from her? She's 94, so I don't see her going to many more cons in, like, the COVID era. You know what I mean? No. Like, yeah, like, obviously, she, she'll probably have her shots and everything, but I don't know. So I was like, oh, I would have loved to get something. So this, this like, really stood out, and I grabbed it. And her list blew up. She ended up doing, and I'm not going to get into the meat of it, but, like, a political cartoon um, just before the election last year. Oh, okay. And... Her, like, it got noticed on some of the Facebook groups, and everybody wanted something like that or or a thing to it. And, like, her commission list went from, oh, like, no problem to getting something because she's quite prolific to waiting list. <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy. I, I'm, I'm glad I got it. Uh, I like it. It's a very expressive face. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking here because I was just looking to see if she has any sort of social media presence, of course. No, I looked or I would have tagged her as is. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. She might have like like the the rap, but I was like, ah, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to yeah. tag the rap. Because like, I believe if you're interested in Ramona of uh, Freight and Art, it's Cat Still Cat Skills Comics. And they have like she puts up like even though she does the commissions uh she'll put up like here's sketch cards and here's stuff that i just put up at random here's an aquaman here's a metamorpho here's a superman just because i felt like drawing it and people can get a shot at them instead of trying to get a commission too the commissions are a little more detailed but i was like at 94 i'll take what i can get now so and i'll say this if if um you search her name uh ramona Freydon and moment of truth you will find the cartoon political uh, that Todd is mentioning. And I do see that she has a piece in that upcoming Wonder Woman black and gold book that's coming out this summer. Okay. And, you know, just looking at some of the colored pieces and stuff that she has. Uh, like I said, uh, I would say very underrated faces. I agree. Though I just want to say for the record, I think she has somebody else color them for her. Okay. And- not just being truthful. Don't want to get like I don't know who the the colorist was, but it's mentioned on the rep site because her thing was if you want these things, she tries to get her friends' money too, which is a nice thing. You know what I mean? Like color them, and I'll send them off to these people, so mm-hmm. or this person. So, so thanks to anyone and everyone who contributes uh, to the Todd's Art Attack. Of course, uh, we did the Amazon. Dun, 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 dun. Um, 
Before we get into TV, anything else? Not that I can think of. All right. Let's get into TV from this past week. And we're going to start with The Flash and close with Falcon Winter Soldier. The penultimate episode. Um, so the Flash was in this episode. Yes. Which is always a good thing. <laughs> um, so I guess the A story is there is an ice powered villain in town who's not Killer Frost. Right. But seems to be attempting to frame Killer Frost. And yes. also, Barry is dealing with the Speed Force living with him and Iris, and the Speed Force looking like his mom, and it giving him, like, wonky problems with his Speed Force. Right, he's supercharging him at times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thoughts on that. Okay. So, I thought this episode was good. Not great. Um... I do like the overarching stuff that they're doing with Caitlin, uh, Killer Frost, just Frost, whatever. Um, the revelation, I think, may have been a little bit too heavy-handed with who was the imposter person. But it's getting hot in here, Joe. Mm. And, uh, hey, let me make you this drink using science. Oh, reminds me of the new 52 run where Barry Allen was an undercover eight uh, cop is at a bar at Leonard Snart's bar using science to make drinks cold enough that he could drink them. Uh-huh. That's what it all reminded me of. And I was like, Oh, I hate this, but, but this was my favorite episode of the year so far. Okay. Because of the frost stuff. I yeah. Thought, the frost stuff has been really good so far. I, I, I like the idea of like, she goes after the guy trying to clear her name, blah, blah, blah. And in the end, it's kind of like, yeah, like, that's great. You never really murdered anybody, but you did a lot of crappy things that maybe you should, be, like, be held accountable for. And as I watch the flashbacks, like, like that they show, they're like, oh, these are your crimes. I'm like, they're not all that bad. And they were mostly done to your friends. So like, can't they're, they just go? Right, they're mostly done to people who technically would not charge press charges against you. Exactly. The only one that that's out of place is the 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 what's his name, McElfloy from the from the from the wizard movies. He was Doctor Alchemy in this in this series. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking about, at least. Yes. Was, right. He was. He's the only one that's not around anymore. That could that, but he would probably not press charges either. And I'm like. So, like, maybe they can get out of this kind of easy. And I do like the fact that she actually turns herself in at the end and is like, hey, like, I'm going to, you know, stand for these crimes. And that was the best part of the part of the episode. The weakest part of the episode was the Nora mom speed force thing. Because as I was watching, I was like, gee, Barry can't even bring himself to say Nora. So he's going to say speed force. And then in the end, it's not even the fact that it's he, that she looks like his mommy. It's the fact that, no, it's not that. It's the fact that you're the speed force. And I always saw you as this one thing. And now you're human. And I can't relate to that. And I'm like, just make it the mom creepy thing. It would be way better. Way, way better. But that's all I got on that. Uh, so... 
Uh, do you think, uh, and obviously who knows how the plot is supposed to be being moved forward with all of this. Um, there's a part where the cops uh, come looking for Caitlin, and currently Caitlin and Frost are separated, right? Right. And they have, they're like, oh, they have uh, 80%, um, you know, similarities in their facial re- facial recognition and this, that, the other thing. Uh, so that's why it was good enough of a lead to go on. Now, I think this uh, Sergeant Kramer, whatever it is. Right. I think we are going to find out, like, I know that we saw through all these flashbacks and everything, that we are going to find out that Frost killed someone close to her. That's why she has such a vendetta against Frost. I'm going to go with no, because they end up saying that in this episode, like, unless they retcon it, that she's never killed anybody. Okay. Because she never lived up to the killer name, you know? So here's the thing. Right. We're going to somehow find out this story that maybe, like, Killer Frost was mind-controlled, Killer Frost was something, or it's another situation where... It wasn't Killer Frost, but because, like, that's the only Frost-known person that she thinks it's Killer Frost. Because wasn't there an, a, a, her father, the Icicle? Yes. Maybe it could be him, or it could be something like, oh, like, you were doing this stuff, and you left all these sharp, pointy icicles standing around, and my family fell on one of them. Like, I know that's stupid, but you get what I mean. Like, something you did with your powers killed my family, but you wouldn't go to jail for it, but I'm going to make sure you suffer kind of mm-hmm. deal. I, I don't know, but, and the part where Barry's doing his police work and he's like, Oh, well the stuff that we have on record of, uh, Frost's ice patterns look like this. Whereas this person who killed this guy at the science lab or whatever it was, his ice pattern looks like this. Look, actual proof. And then that Sergeant Kramer's like, yeah, I don't care. Well, no. Well, he he said because that was the difference. The difference was the first time he goes, these ice crystals are in a different form than the ones yeah, yeah. that that thing. But then later, that wasn't enough proof because maybe she's like, I, I would think like you could change the form of ice crystals, maybe. But then they find out the proof of the the dark matter. But the computer gets wonky because Barry's super. So I get what you're saying, but I was still able to be like, that's not enough proof. Just a different kind of ice. That's that. No, I was completely fine. Eh. I would have. Nope. I would have maybe listened to Barry. He's the lead of the show. You know. Yeah, but she she's new. She does. She's throwing the rule book out the window, Joe. I guess. And and he turns out that the villain turns out to be Chillblain, Joe. Yes. And I thought like because the Chillblain in the comics, like because he somehow they never even mention it that he wants to duplicate her powers. So he puts on those magic gauntlets. The whole thing is to 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 mimic her powers. But I'm like, you already did off camera. What were you using? Because the Chillblade in the comic was using Captain Cold's gun that uh, Golden Glider, his, Leonard Snart's sister, had given him. So I'm like, none of this makes sense. And all I can ever think about is that classic uh, Flash 182 uh Captain Cold story where he wants to get revenge on the fourth chill Blaine for killing Golden Glider. Of course, I my, my maybe my favorite single issue of a comic book of all time. Right. If it wasn't for Sandman Eight, that would be way up there. But I, I, this this whole thing, I'm like, oh man, like you're using the wrong character and the whole wrong 
thing. So, like, in a way, that kind of ruins it for me. But I did like when he took his shirt off so Caitlin could get, you know, even though she's frosty, she could get hot and bothered. So, And just I'll throw this out here. I think uh, Nora, the Speed Force, uh, was purposely doing that to Barry's powers. I don't think she was. I think she has a more sinister motive behind all of this. Okay, you think she's she's got some some speed force card up her sleeve? Nah, I don't trust her. I get what you're saying, but I think it's going to turn out to be because he his batteries were down, like they said. From uh, it, I think it was just every time he was too close to her. But everything's going to be a okay now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just like everything's going to be a-okay with John Walker, Joe. Yeah, so let's get to the penultimate uh, episode of Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, Picks, we were wrong. We thought we were going to get a little bit more of the backstory of John Walker, but instead uh, we get right to after it happens um, where we get a fight between John Walker and Cap, or I'm sorry, uh, John Walker and Bucky and Sam uh, very, I would say, reminiscent of the fight in Winter Soldier. Like, I feel as though they were trying to get us to feel that same feel from that. Right, the Bucky Cap Iron Man fight. Yeah. And or, they no, sure, they sure liked shooting, uh, that, uh, shooting that uh, shield that had the blood all over it. They loved getting shots of that. How long until they do a legend shield of that, Joe? Well, I'll be the second one to know when they do. I wonder who the first one could be. Eh. Captain Legends Detolf Man? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Sam and Bucky finally do take down John Walker. Um, but not before he rips the wings off Falcon. Yeah. And doesn't Bucky... Ca- Bucky cashes in one more favor uh with the and again i feel bad that i mispronounce this all the time the dojo majare or something yeah the dora majare uh that we don't see it but it's implied that he bucky has them uh the dora majare make falcon like a new falcony wings right well we don't know what's in there but that's what we're guessing is we're gonna guess right i'm guessing it's the cap the cap falcon costume well with the wings yeah right but not yet but yes, and also that Bucky went to hunt down Zemo. Uh, at, and I do like when he goes to find Zemo. It's at the, uh, the uh, what's the name of the country? He's from, not Slovakia, because that's really, uh, uh, it was from Avengers 2. I can't think of the actual fake country's name. I know what you mean. I can't remember it either. But he goes to, to the, to because the, they mentioned it earlier, it's like there's a, a memorial for people. It's like, did you ever go? And none of them did. And Bucky's like, well, that's where he's going. And he goes and he catches him and he's like, there is one thing that I don't believe though, is when Zemo's like, okay, he's like, you know, there's only one way to stop them. You have to kill her because, you know, she's fundamentalist now, a supremacist. And he's like, and what you are. And Bucky puts the gun to his head and he pulls the trigger and it clicks and he just drops the bullets. And he's like, I'm not, kind of like, I'm not what you think I am. And maybe we can kind of save her. And I do like the fact that he goes, you know what? I was never going to kill you. And I'm like, bull, Zemo. He has the serum in his blood. You hate anybody who has the serum in his blood. So I think Zemo might not have been telling the truth right there. You think he's dishonest, Todd? I do. I do. And I think he's going to go to the raft and he's going to get 
Agatha and he's going to get a couple other people and he's going to put a group together. John Walker and some other people. We're going to save the John Walker stuff for last. Right. I'm just saying, though. I have put, a feeling. put a pin in that. Okay. So uh, Sam and Bucky go their separate ways because they ain't really friends. Um, but Sam goes back home to his sister and obviously she, you know, still wants to sell the boat, can't get the loan, but, um, she, Sam's sister tells a story about like an extra lunch that she packed for some kid who hasn't had a lunch for the last couple days or whatever it is and has the boys bring it to him so that he doesn't have to ask and doesn't have to go hungry or whatever it is. That reminds Sam that his parents, when they were growing up, his mom would like take care of the entire family so not unlike when Homer gets the entire neighborhood to rebuild Flanders' <laughs> house, right. Sam gets the entire neighborhood to help rebuild the boat. Right. And it's at this point where Bucky comes to help out as well, right. uh, using his super funky arm to like rip stuff off the boat and things like that, hit Unloaded. on Sam's sister. Yep. Oh, flirting, yes. And bring uh, what we assume is going to be the cap uh, outfit. Now, in between all of this, um, Sam has the shield and he went to go give it to Isaiah Bradley. Great scene. And Isaiah Bradley is like, I don't want it. No man should want this. Right. Um, what they did to me, they lied to me. They told my wife I was dead. She wrote me letters. They never gave them to me. Um, the minute you become Captain America, this is what they're going to do to you, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, well, ba- right. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say because basically he says like because he doesn't just say no man should want that shield. He says a specific type of man should want that shield. Yeah, he says no black man should want that shield. Like, right. If, and, like, and he goes, you know, Steve does it. It's gonna be fine. You saw what they did with John Walker and what a mess he was. I did it. This is what they did to me. You do it. This is what they're gonna do to you. Right. Well, because he says you can give me that shield, but they'll kill me because I'm I'm you know, I'm not supposed to be free. I'm supposed to be dead. But it's more of the whole thing that he's like, they will never let a black man become Captain America. Never. So it's not so much that they'll do anything to you. It's that they won't let it happen. Uh And I really like that that whole thing. And he ends up going like kind of brokenhearted back to his sister's boat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So sorry. I just that's the way I looked at things. Yeah. And I just wanted to make sure that we get that in there because, again. Mm-hmm. That's um, an important scene. Important scene because th- with the conversation that Sam has with Bucky, that's when Sam starts working out with the shield, starts working himself out more, starting to get himself in better condition. Not to say that he already wasn't in good condition, but John Walker got the drop on him. Mm-hmm. And if Sam makes himself better, makes himself better with the shield, maybe if something else like John Walker comes up, Maybe he will be good enough. And that's a lot of what the thing is, whether it be Sam, whether it be Bucky, mm-hmm. both of them felt because they knew Steve. They didn't know Captain America. They knew Steve. Right. And that's why they couldn't be Captain America, because they knew the shoes they'd be filling. Mm-hmm. And with John Walker coming in and ruining things, now it's going to take a lot more to kind of rehab the image of Captain America. Right. And like I said in the past couple episodes, like Sam, but Sam is sounding more and more like the person who should be Cap. Yeah. Like he's the only one who's saying the anything that I think Steve would say. Yeah. So, yes, I get where you're going. 
So before we get to the John Walker stuff, is there anything else with the uh, with uh, and I keep wanting to call him Cap already, uh, Sam and Bucky stuff? Other than him telling him to like not worry about what Cap would have thought of him or, or Steve, like just be just be yourself and like and that kind of them basically. And I'm gonna say like the words playing catch with the shield. Yeah was just a fun like little scene like working out their problems and then kind of the other thing that I forgot to mention with Zemo was that Zemo's like oh yeah by the way when I had Sam uh, when I had Steve's notebook uh I scratched my name off your list kind of a deal I was like so I thought that was really cool but that's about everything till we now John Walker so John Walker is about to go on trial for the things that he's done sullying the name of Captain America. Mm-hmm. And as he's being read his charges and what they're going to do to him, they're going to give him like a less than honorable discharge. Yeah. I didn't want to say dishonorable, but it was less than honorable discharge. He has a big freak out. Of course, he's got his arm in a sling. Uh, he feels he's being done dirty and he leaves the proceedings and he and his wife are sitting out in the hallway. And then um elaine shows up we're in spoiler discussion then elaine from seinfeld shows up (laughs) uh julia louise dreyfus and i want to doff my john cena hat to the internet and say i want to thank you internet for waiting until late saturday night early sunday morning to spoil this so did you see it before it got spoiled yes okay I didn't know if you were saying thank you for spoiling it. No, I I'm too saying long. thank you for having like a 36-hour window before spoiling it so I could get a chance to watch the show. Right, right. Um, so she shows up. And she she's interesting because she's multiple. She has like multiple storylines in the Marvel Universe, so I don't know where it's going. But she ends up kind of like, well, I'm doing something and you could kind of you, – you got the chops that like I could kind of use and don't let them worry about it. It's like – and don't let them get you down because they're asking for that shield back. Um, little thing that nobody knows. And this is the most fascinating thing I found about this episode is that that sh- they don't exactly own that shield. It's a bit of a gray area. And when I thought about it, it's made of vibranium, which was stolen from Wakanda because they're the only ones who have it. So I have a feeling that the Wakandans are going to end up saying that they own the shield And they're going to bequeath it to Sam and they're going to go try it. Try and take the thing that you stole from us already. No, no, no. It's ours. It's his. And that's what's going on with the the actual shield. And then she gives them her card, Mm -hmm. which is a blank card that just says black on one side and white on the other. Right. Now, uh, again, you said her name, of course. She has a lot of different plot lines and plot things in the Marvel Universe. Right. Um, but the one that came up the most was like, she was not the, but a eh, Madam Hydra. Yep. That's very interesting. But originally she was Nick Fury's girlfriend during yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. So I don't know where they're going with it, but I'm thinking, I'm I'm honestly starting to think that you're going to get a Thunderbolt, but it's not going to be the Thunderbolts. It's going to be more the Dark Avengers. It's going to be Zemo, it's going to be her, it's going to be John Walker. Being, yes, being, and it, whoever they can kind of scrounge up that's still around. Yeah. Like, I stand by, I can't think of his name, but he was in Iron Man 2. He was in Nine and a Half Weeks. Mickey Rourke? Whiplash? Mickey Rourke. 
Mickey Rourke, his suit exploded in two, but we never saw a body. And I stand by no body, no death. Uh Uh-huh. So you could have him show up. Like, we're going to do the Dark Avengers. We're going to have an Iron Man. It's going to be Mickey Rourke. It's going to, we're going to have a cap. It's going to be John Walker. We're going to have, and I'm trying to think of other ones that you can do to do the other Avengers, like, like, uh, whatever. And that's where we're going to go. Instead of a Thunderbolt, it's going to be a Dark Avengers. I like it. Um, and also, I don't know if you know this, and I, it's, it might be a tiny spoiler, but I'm going to say it anyway, is that Val, that's her first name. What Her first appearance wasn't supposed to be Falcon Winter Soldier. No? Oh, it's supposed to be Black Widow, right? Yes. Yes. That this was... So now the rookie appearance of Elaine (laughs) is in Falcon Winter Soldier Episode 5, not Black Widow. So if you invested heavily in Black Widow movies, you're out. It's Disney Plus TV shows. Right. When you get the NFT of this episode, not (laughs) even the episode, just that scene. Yes. A gif of that scene, that's going to be worth hundreds and thousands of millions of dollars. And I want to touch on one last thing with John Walker, is we realize how much of a dirtbag he is when he goes to see Battlestar's parents. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, so you ended up killing the person? Yes. He just lies bold face and she's hugging him and saying like he always loved you and knew you would had his back and i'm like and you straight up lied to them i'm like like if anything i hated the fact that you were carrying steve shield to this point it's out the window and they end up giving him Battlestar's medal and you uh, you did see the end credit scene right yes where he ends up he's building the shield and he ends up welding because obviously john walker well-known welder um ends up welding a new he's building his own shield and he puts the metal on it and i'm like okay that's an interesting ending i don't think we've seen the last of john walker during this the the this series joe right um so you take that as him boldface lying to uh battlestar's parents maybe he was telling them what they wanted to hear to give them the closure. Maybe he never got, but Steve would have been the man and not lied to him and would have said, I'm going to, I'm going to avenge your son or I'm going to get justice for your son. You don't lie. You go, I've known you. I've known your son. We serve together. You don't lie. I just, I, I just took it as, He's been doing dirt baggy ish things. This is just another one. Right. Because he has all these like little moments where he's like, hey, like, uh, you're the Black Panthers, you know, bodyguards. John Walker, Captain America with a smug. Like, no, it's all these little things that lead up to the big thing. But anyway, so. I still think maybe John has a little good left in him. Maybe. He ain't Steve, but who is? Um, I could be Steve if they gave me the super soldier serum. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I know I couldn't be Steve. I don't live in that fantasy world. Right. Steve couldn't be me. That's what I'm Oh my God. That's true. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, uh, as Todd mentioned, last episode of Falcon winter soldier is this weekend. Mm-hmm. Then we got what a week off with nothing. I believe so. Cause I do think it is May 4th for flash yeah no flash this week or next uh may 2nd legend of tomorrow may 4th is the flash so right 
We'll have, uh, like I said, next week we'll have the finale. Cap, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Week after that will be Legends of Tomorrow. Week after that will be Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Right. And uh, I think I also made a mistake on Longbox Heroes where I said that I was still living in that world because, again, when you go by Marvel's website, they're wrong, which is ridiculous. Right. Because they still had May 3rd or whatever for Black Widow, and I think Black Widow's July. Yes, which we have to figure out uh, if we want to rent out a whole theater to watch, Joe. I got I got three months to think about it. Right. Well, you you know, you can give... You know, anybody who goes and has their inoculations, deep soul kisses. That's true. That's true. I do have my second shot. It'll be two weeks after the fact. You show me your card. You get one free deep soul kiss from me. And that goes anytime that I'm in public within two weeks of me getting that second shot. So anytime after April 30th, if you see me in public, just show me your vaccine card and you got it. Better deal than Krispy Kreme, man. And I told my kid, oh, so (laughs) going to pick up the books. There's the Krispy Kreme stones throw away from the comic book shop. That's right. Uh, I said, I go, I said to my kid, I go, you know where we're stopping on the way home? Right there next week. Cause I'll have the second shot. Right. Right. And he goes, Oh, what are you going to get the one donut? And that's it for me. I go one donut for you. I'm the one who got the shots. That's right. I go, you want a donut? You bring your own money. I was going to say, get a job, get a job, kid. Uh, He's that boy's flush with cash that he doesn't know what to do with. Oh, so he's going to become a wrestler and lose it slowly. No, no, he knows. Well, again, we're way we're way into the weeds here at the end of the show. And there's more after dark stuff. Uh, So I was watching wrestling stuff. I know you'll be surprised by that fact, Todd. Right. Um, But I was watching something where it was going through maybe a retrospecticus of Mick Foley's career for reasons. Right. And I had a pause and I go, okay, something real bad's about to happen. And it's the infamous, you know, King of the Ring where he gets tossed off the cage. Right. And my kid just goes, whoa, whoa. And he's like, that's why I never would want to be a wrestler. Oh. I go, not everybody does that. And I go, mm, you don't want to be a wrestler. That's fine. You figure out what you're going to do. Mm. Good for him. The yeah. best move he could make. <laughs> a carny's life is not for he. Right. He could save all that money up and buy a defunct wrestling promotion. <laughs> Maybe. That's what he should do. And not wrestle, but control wrestlers. That's what he needs to do. He could do whatever he wants. Yes. He's got the world before him. He does. Hopefully. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, all right. So, uh, everyone, thanks very much for listening. Uh, this was episode 551, Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying thanks for listening. And we'll see y'all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini. (laughs) of Podcast Network.